Welcome to the Gallipod, with me, Galliplicidia. In this episode, I'm reading part five of my fic, Can I Tell You Something? If you're not here for dry fanfic, you're in the wrong place. Content warning, this story deals with drug addiction, primarily MDMA, cocaine, and alcohol. I hope you enjoy Can I Tell You Something? Chapter 14 Michael Corder and Susan Bones were delighted to see him. Harry always forgot that anyone who had been in the DA thought of him as a friend. They didn't question why he was there, it seemed natural to them. "'You look great,' said Michael, as Susan congratulated him on his promotion. "'Thanks,' said Harry. They lived in a cute little flat with lots of sunlight and movie posters. Susan was quite visibly pregnant. "'Congratulations,' said Harry. Susan smiled happily. "'Thank you. We're so excited.' They caught up for ten minutes before Susan left the room to make tea. I actually came here because I've, um, been hanging out with Draco, said Harry, when she was gone. Michael jolted. He's alive. Harry nodded. He's... Oh, fuck, said Michael, looking as if the whole world was coming undone beneath him. How is he? Sober, said Harry. Michael stared at him in disbelief. Sober? Yeah, said Harry. Three years. Michael's face was frozen in an expression of mingled horror and surprise. He closed his mouth tightly. We'd better wait till Susan gets back, she'll want to hear, he said. Okay, said Harry, relieved not to have to keep Draco a secret from her. They sat in silence until Susan returned with the tea tray. Draco's sober, apparently, said Michael. He's alive, asked Susan. Yep, said Harry. He's doing really well, actually. He works in an art gallery and does burlesque. Susan had her hand on Michael's knee. Are you okay? She asked him quietly. I'm fine, he said. It's fine. He doesn't know I'm here, said Harry. Are you guys dating? No, said Harry. You shouldn't, said Susan. He's a piece of work. That's not fair, said Michael. Susan sighed, stroking her stomach. No, I know, she said. Then, to Harry, he treated Michael so badly. I didn't even want to tell my friends when I got back together with him, said Michael, because everyone disapproved of him so much. Because he was a Death Eater, asked Harry. Michael shook his head. No, he said. Because he was an alcoholic drug addict. He got so wasted at my sister's wedding that St Mungo's had to send healers to pick him up. I mean, not that that was unusual, but I had begged him to keep it together and he just couldn't. Susan squeezed his hand. He's been sober for over three years, said Harry. That's great, said Michael. I'm really proud of him. But there was something off about the way he said it. He stood and went to look out the window. I begged him to quit and he never would. I'm glad he finally found something to quit for, whatever that was. I think it was you breaking up with him, said Harry. Michael scoffed. Please, he said. We'd broken up before and the same thing always happened. He quit for a month or two, we'd get back together, he'd hit the wall, relapse, and lie to me about it for months. He frowned at Harry. You're positive he's sober, because he's a good fucking liar. I'm positive, said Harry. What the fuck, said Michael. Why couldn't he have... You did everything you could, said Susan. Oh no, said Michael. I'm sorry, Harry. This is just a lot. He really messed with my head. I, uh, said Harry, feeling hopelessly out of his depth. I think it might be good for him to see you again. Susan froze, but didn't say anything. Why? asked Michael. He's a bit, uh, stuck in the past, said Harry. 
I think it'd be good for him to see that you've moved on, I think. I don't even know him, Harry. I never fucking knew him. First he was this bigoted twat and he told me that that wasn't really him. Then he was a literal Death Eater and he told me that wasn't really him either. But the whole time I was with him, he was sober like five times. He was never himself, so who the fuck is he? He's, said Harry, he's Draco. He's difficult and playful. He's fun in groups. He finds it hard to talk about important things. Yeah, said Michael. Yeah, I know all that. He turned to Susan. What do you think? Do you want to see him? I've worried about him. Susan looked at Harry. Is he still in love with Michael? Uh, I don't feel like that's for me to say. He does burlesque, asked Michael. Yeah, he's amazing. Ron and Hermione came and saw a show with me the other day. I thought for sure he was dead, said Michael. He was so reckless. He must have overdosed a dozen times. I think you should see him, said Susan. We can talk about it, said Michael. It's fine, said Susan. I trust you, even if I don't trust him. Let me give you his number, said Harry. Don't reach out until I've checked it's okay with him, though. Okay, said Michael. Yeah, good. As Harry left, Michael hugged him hard. Just be careful, he said. Draco isn't a bad person, but he's been drowning a long time, and people sink trying to save him. All the way home, Harry thought of different ways he could answer that. I just saw Michael and Susan. Draco? How was he? They're having a baby. But we're still babies. Well, I know. It's mental that people have started having kids. My parents had me when they were like 20. Shivers. I thought, maybe you might want to talk to Michael. He's married. That's why I said talk, not fuck slowly in a hotel room. Strong visual. Um, not sure it's a good idea. Because? Because what if I offer to fuck him slowly in a hotel room? I reckon you'll be able to control yourself. He's got this weird facial hair thing going on. Why are you pushing this? I have my reasons. That's what I'm worried about. Look, I just think... You might have built him up a bit, in your head, and this might give you some closure. Closure's a myth. Think about it. Okay. Meanwhile, meme of a cat asking for a cheeseburger. I don't get it. Neither do I. Wanted to check I wasn't being blood purist. No, that's defo stupid. Good, good. As you were. Are you coming over later? Can we have cheeseburgers? Yes, to both. God, I'm so broody for a cat, Harry. Get one. Get one. No, just a little one. Do you know what I ate for breakfast today, Harry? A cucumber. Because that was all I had in the house. Whence came the cucumber? I know not. Cats are easy. Did you not just listen to the cucumber story, Harry? If you get two cats, they keep each other company. Get your own cat. No way. Too much responsibility. <laughs> You're great. Was that a weird thing to say? No, sorry, something came up at work. With the murderer? Yeah, or identifying the victims. Because he does something weird to their face? It's pretty horrible, actually. You think I'm great? Lies. Okay, I'll stop distracting you. See you later. The murder case was distressing. There had been three kills so far, all young men, and the murderer had left notes on their bodies enumerating their crimes. Their faces he cut off and sewed onto the next victim, which warped the features enough so they weren't really recognisable. It was classified, so he couldn't disclose details to Draco that night, as they sat in Draco's flat, eating cheeseburgers. Are you thinking about work? asked Draco. I don't want to talk about it, said Harry. And so Draco monologued for about twenty minutes about a new routine he was working on, where he'd begin in a suit of armour. 
He showed Harry different fabric options and gesticulated too much and said ridiculous things and generally made Harry forget about the warped, skinned faces of the murdered young men. Harry lounged on a pile of cushions on the floor as Draco put on about a million woolly scarves and took them off again to prove that anything could be sexy. Draco strutted around the small flat, tossing his head and making grand pronouncements like, Wool, don't fuck with it, but don't fuck without it, baby. You're the weirdest person I've ever met, said Harry, through tears of laughter. Actual fucking tears. New act idea. No, stop, stop, I'm going to piss myself. No, it's a really good one, said Draco. Better than scarf face? So much better. Okay, so, I ooze onto the stage. An hour later, they both lay on the cushions on the floor, lazily talking about nothing. Harry yawned. Are you staying over? asked Draco, casually. Ah, probably not a good idea, said Harry. Draco made a shrugging sort of sound. Suit yourself. God, you know what else annoys me about first-year university students? They're so fucking hopeful. Like, they'll come into the gallery, all, I'm planning to be a famous artist, and... I'd probably offer to fuck you slowly in a hotel room, said Harry, if I stayed. Draco laughed uncomfortably. I thought we were skirting around this issue. Harry didn't answer. Draco propped himself up on one elbow, leaning over Harry. He brushed Harry's hair out of his face and pressed his index finger, cold and slender, against Harry's lightning bolt scar. Voldemort used to do that, said Harry. Draco flopped back into the pillows with an enormous sigh. People get divorces sometimes, he said. They're not getting a divorce. They're having a baby. Maybe we should give each other some space, said Draco. Harry closed his eyes. Do you want space? he managed to ask. There was a long silence. Then, you're the only person I've ever wanted in my space, said Draco. What about Michael? Are you joking? I was terrified he'd figure out how awful I am. You don't worry about that with me? asked Harry. Harry, said Draco, so unhappily that Harry turned his head to look at him. You already know. They looked at each other miserably for a few seconds. Harry wasn't sure who broke away first. It seemed as if they both looked away at the same time. I can keep skirting around it, said Harry. Just until it goes away, said Draco. It's not going to, said Harry. Only because you're not meeting other people. You should meet other people. I don't want other people, said Harry. You will. They're great. You're going to love them. Them? The people? The other people? Maybe we should go to a sex party, said Draco. You are not platonically escorting me to a sex party, Draco. I draw the line. Draco laughed, and Harry was able to laugh too then. He sat up. I should go home. Draco stayed where he was on the floor, long, pale hair gleaming around his shoulders. Beautiful, quiet, still. Night, then, said Harry. Hurry. Harry looked at him expectantly. Draco opened his mouth several times, and each time shut it again, looking progressively more frustrated. I don't want to treat you badly, he said, finally. I think you're in love with me, said Harry. Draco closed his eyes with a small frown. Harry tried to smile, even though it was useless, because Draco wasn't even looking at him. Well, on that note, said Harry. Draco chuckled lightly. Yeah, go on, fuck off. 
You should go to bed too, said Harry. No, I'm going to waste six hours on the internet. See, that's exactly what you shouldn't do, said Harry. Shut up, Mum, said Draco, and Harry kicked gently at Draco's foot before disappearing. Chapter 15 Fine, texted Draco. You're getting a cat, Harry texted back. I'm so proud of you. I knew you'd come round. I'm not getting a cat. Wow, way to raise my hopes, Draco. Really not cool. Again. You can get your own cat. No, I meant... Fine. I'll see Michael. If you think he'd see me. Oh. Uh, y- yeah. He would. That's great. Unless you don't want me to? No. I mean, yes. I mean, uh, you should see him. I'll give him your number. That's cool. Good. Are you distracted at work, or are you unhappy? Because, honestly, I'm agreeing to this mainly because you'll seem to really want me to, and if you don't want me to, I won't. No, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah, work. It's done. I gave him your number. So, see you later? Yeah, prob. It was hard to put into words how ridiculous Draco's onion routine was. Annoyingly, it was indeed extremely artistic. As Draco peeled the layers of his costume apart... He became steadily less ridiculous until he was wearing a white spandex suit that he slowly tore off his body. It was like Draco, really. Funny on the outside, serious at the centre. Ron teared up a bit. Harry wiped his finger under Ron's eye to make fun of him, and Ron pushed him irritably away. Draco didn't know the other performers well, so he and Harry and Ron went to a nearby bar. Is this okay? asked Harry as they sat down. They do mocktails, said Draco. It's sort of like you're already dating, isn't it? said Ron, when Draco went to the loo. Yeah, except not, said Harry, gloomily. He needs to make his mind up, said Ron. I don't know, said Harry. I don't mind waiting. You should. This is just sad. He's leading you on, said Ron. He's not, said Harry, although Draco was a bit. Harry was letting himself be led on. He wondered if he and Draco needed some space. Draco returned from the bathroom, his hand landing effortlessly on Harry's shoulder as he slipped past his chair. Harry thought about how it looked to Ron, the way Draco leant in close to Harry's ear when he wanted to say something sly, the complete, rapturous focus he fixed on Harry when Harry spoke, his quick laughter so close to the surface. "'I'm going to be a bit busy at work over the next week,' Harry told Draco at the end of the night. "'Rid our Albion Isle of villains!' said Draco. "'I won't have time to hang out much,' said Harry." Thwart their evil plans, said Draco, which Harry took to mean, yeah, that's fine. And it was fine, sort of. He tried to text Draco a little less. Draco seemed to notice instantly and texted him less as well. And they didn't see each other in the evenings. Harry stayed late at work instead, the way he used to, which was fine. I don't know what I'm doing, he confessed to Hermione at lunch. And that was something, wasn't it? that even if Draco broke his heart, as Harry was increasingly convinced he would, Harry had started having lunch with Hermione most days. "'Well, you can't keep languishing in unrequited love with your best friend,' said Hermione. "'I think it's smart of you to get a little distance.' "'I really do have a lot on at work,' said Harry. "'Of course,' said Hermione. "'You think he's in love with me,' said Harry. "'I... I do,' said Hermione carefully. "'But I don't know if he'll... let himself be.' I don't want you to have to wait around for years while he tries to figure that out. When Harry asked Draco about Michael, Draco responded with an impenetrable wall of cat pictures. Harry let it go, and focused on catching the Hammersmith murderer. 
Of course Draco Malfoy's name was on the list. Harry was horrified that it hadn't occurred to him before. He stared at the ratty piece of parchment on the desk in the murderer's lair and wondered when he had become so confident that he was past losing people he loved to violence. The lair was a big breakthrough, on a day of big breakthroughs. The lab at St Mungo's had confirmed that the third murder victim was Theodore Knott. The other two had also been Death Eaters, although Harry didn't recognise their names. They were crossed off on the murderer's list. Three names slashed through with a pen to show they had been dealt with. Then, right beneath Theodore Knott, Draco Malfoy. And Draco wasn't picking up his phone. Harry texted him in a panic. Draco! Jesus Christ, pick up your phone! Draco! Oh God! Draco wasn't at his flat, or at the art gallery where he worked, or at the nightclub where he would be performing that evening. He wasn't at Harry's house. Harry, said Bianca, you need to calm down. I am calm, said Harry. It's not going to help Malfoy if the aura in charge of finding him is running around like a headless chicken. Have you set up wards around the perimeter of Draco's flat? Ainsley's doing them. Harry paced around his office. He murdered Not and the others in his lair, he said. Yeah, said Bianca, but the preliminary search didn't turn up Not's face. He knew we were coming. Harry tried not to think what that meant. Not's face was missing. Preserved, probably. Ready to be sewn onto the next victim. Breathe, said Bianca. Fuck, said Harry. If we just knew when Draco had gone missing... We still don't know if he is missing, said Bianca. It was Ursula who gave them the first clue. He was nervous yesterday, she told Harry, and he kept checking his phone. Michael, said Harry. It was rude to apparate into someone's flat, but Harry didn't give a shit. Michael and Draco were in the kitchen. Draco was pressed against the counter, and Michael stood so close to him that their shoes touched. Draco's eyes were wide. He looked the way he used to when he took MDMA, dreamy and distant and black-pupiled. Michael was tracing Draco's scars with one finger. Draco, said Harry. Michael looked up. Draco didn't. His gaze was still fixed on Michael. Harry, asked Michael. Sorry to interrupt, said Harry. You weren't, said Michael. He didn't seem uncomfortable or guilty. Harry wondered where Susan was. Draco, I've been looking all over for you, said Harry. And suddenly he realised in a great rush of feeling just how relieved he was to see him. To have proof that Draco was alive, fine, protectable. The Hammersmith murderer, he's got you on his list. He's been targeting young Death Eaters. What? said Draco. I've got auras warding your flat right now, said Harry. Draco looked utterly bewildered. What? he said again. Sit down, said Michael softly, taking Draco by the elbow and leading him to the kitchen table. Draco followed. Tame and gentle as a lamb. You weren't picking up your phone, said Harry. I thought... Do you want a glass of water? Michael asked Draco. I don't understand, said Draco. We just found the murderer's lair, said Harry. He had a lair, said Draco, faintly. Did he call it that, or did you call it that? I I guess we called it that, said Harry. And he wants to kill me? Draco seemed to be appealing to Michael. But lots of people want to kill me, don't they? Michael gave him a glass of water. People are fucked up, he said. Look, the point is, you need to stay in your flat for a few days, said Harry. We're offering you round-the-clock protection. Who else has he killed? asked Draco. It's classified, said Harry. Young Death Eaters, said Draco. He laughed suddenly, high and clear. My people! Michael knelt by him and took his hands. 
Harry felt stupid, unnecessary. Draco, said Michael, look at me. Draco obeyed him. Random people don't get to decide what you deserve. You had a trial. They acquitted you, said Michael. Only because Harry doesn't matter. That's how society works. I don't know what you deserve, Draco, and neither does the Hammersmith murderer, whoever he is. Look, um, Michael, will you make sure Draco gets back to his flat all right? asked Harry. Draco was soft and pliant, so agreeable, as if he'd be whoever Michael wanted him to be, no problem. Yeah, of course, said Michael. Thank you, said Draco, finally looking at Harry. His face gave nothing away. Harry was angry. He was hurt. Is Susan around? he asked. Draco's blank expression didn't change. She's at her mother's, said Michael, with a knowing look. She knows Draco is here. Draco tried to take a sip of his water, but his hand was trembling too much, and he spilt it down his front. Oh, Draco, said Michael, taking the water from him. You're okay, yeah? You're fine. Yes, said Draco. I know, I know, I'm fine. Harry hovered by the door. Okay, I'll, I'll just go, then, he said. Harry, said Draco, just as Harry had hoped he would. Yeah? Draco looked lost. I'll see you later, he asked. Yeah, said Harry, and disapparated. He went to Draco's flat so he could oversee everything himself. I'll be stationed outside, he told Bianca. I don't know if that's such a good idea, said Bianca. You're a little close to this case, Harry. I don't trust anyone else. I really think Ainsley can handle it. As long as Malfoy stays within our sights, he should be fine. I'm not leaving this up to chance, said Harry. Michael and Draco apparated back to Draco's flat almost four hours later. Michael drew Draco into a quick, tight hug, waved uncomfortably at Harry, and left. Hello, everyone, said Draco, to the various auras who were still pottering around his flat, putting up defences. Thank you for not letting me get murdered. We'll be leaving in ten, said Bianca, except for Harry. He'll be staying as protection. Oh, said Draco. Harry, can I speak to you? Harry nodded mutely, and they went to Draco's bathroom, which was the only space they could close off from the others. Draco turned the lights on and locked the door. Um, he said. He wouldn't look at Harry. So that seemed to go well, said Harry, you and Michael. What? Are you okay, Draco? I'm fine, said Draco, automatically. Then he shook his head. I'm, uh, a bit, uh... I have too many thoughts in my head. He leant his forehead against the mirrored cabinet. I want to get out of my head. Oh, said Harry. You're craving. Draco nodded. Is there anything I can... You think I'm a bad person, said Draco. What? said Harry. You said, that time we kissed, at Zachariah Smith's weird country manor party, you said, you're not a very good person. Draco... Harry was almost at a loss for words. Draco was in love with Michael. Harry was in love with Draco. The Hammersmith murderer was in love with enacting brutal revenge upon the bodies of his victims. There was a lot going on. I was like twenty, Draco. I was high. I always told the truth when I was high. Draco knocked his head gently against the mirror, grimacing. I wish I was high now. I don't think you're a bad person, said Harry. You're straight said Draco. Literally, what the fuck? said Harry. You just want to experiment, said Draco. On someone who doesn't matter. Are you mental? I want to date you. I'm in love with you. You know this, said Harry. How does he kill them? The murderer? 
That's classified, said Harry. Tell me, said Draco, knocking his head harder against the mirror. Just fucking tell me! He cuts their faces off, said Harry. Draco made a whining sound in the back of his throat and covered his face with his hands. Anyone I'd know? he asked. Theodore not, said Harry. Oh, said Draco. I think I fucked him once. Can't remember. I was drunk. I always meant to ask him. We're going to catch the murderer, said Harry. He's not going to get you. Draco nodded, although he clearly didn't believe Harry in the slightest. Maybe I should get some drugs, he said. For in case he does. That's a stupid idea, said Harry. It didn't hurt when those people used to attack me in bars, because I was always off my face. Harry tentatively reached out to put a hand on Draco's shoulder. Draco turned towards him as if he had been waiting for permission. He curled close into Harry's arms, nestling under his chin. I'm not a very good person, he said. That's not true, said Harry, into Draco's silky hair. I don't know what to think, said Draco. I don't know what I feel. He pushed away from Harry, climbed into the bath, and drew the shower curtain so that Harry wouldn't be able to see him. Harry sat on the floor next to the bath. I'm sorry I said that, he said. About you not being a good person. I can't believe you thought I still... Of course I think you're good, Draco. People aren't good or bad, said Draco, from beyond the shower curtain. His voice was muffled. I don't know if you're upset about the murderer, or Michael, or me, said Harry. I'm not upset, said Draco, then laughed. I'm a bit upset. I want to climb out of my skin. I want to drink. God, I, I want to drink. I'm so impressed that you've been sober for so long, said Harry. I'm selfish even when I'm trying not to be, said Draco. Did you sleep with him? asked Harry. There was a long silence. He's married, said Draco quietly. It just seemed. Draco did not interrupt him so Harry had to find a way to end his sentence. Intimate, he said. I'm sorry I'm being so selfish, said Draco. I don't know if you are, said Harry. I mean, I have no idea what's going on in your head, to be honest. I don't either, said Draco. He pulled open the shower curtain, resting his chin on the ledge of the bath so that he could look at Harry. I think I... I think we should... I can't keep monopolising you like this. We're friends, said Harry. I know, said Draco. That's why I'm trying not to fuck you over. Can we focus on that once I've caught the Hammersmith murderer, said Harry. I don't think you should be my assigned guard. I'm the best, Draco. I don't trust anyone else. Draco drew the shower curtain again. I don't know what I think, and I can't think when you're around. Or I can think too much. I don't know. I need space. Space. He kept coming back to that. Okay, said Harry. I like you, said Draco, in a small voice. I like you too, said Harry. I'm sorry I'm such a twat, said Draco. You're not a twat, said Harry. You should have left me in the room of requirement, said Draco, his voice suddenly hard and burning hot. God, I want to drink. Draco, would you, would you just go? Is that okay? Because I'm driving myself a bit mad, trying not to, uh, and please. I'm not scared of going out with you, said Harry. That must be nice, 
I'm scared of literally every option. Draco sighed. Please. I'll text you if anything weird happens. You can leave someone else stationed by my flat. I just... Okay, said Harry. Yeah, I'll go. He paused at the door. You need to be brave, he said. The shower curtains were perfectly still. Harry unlocked the door, opened it. I was never very good at that, said Draco. Harry left. He was woken up in the middle of the night by Bianca apparating into Grimmel Place. We fucked up, she said. The Hammersmith murderer had Draco. That was part five of Can I Tell You Something? Written and read by Gala Placidia. Tune in next week for the final part. Don't forget to join my newsletter if you want at newsletter.gallopod.com and I have an Instagram at letthemeatbooks with underscores instead of spaces where you can find reviews of the books I read. If you liked this episode, please leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app and why not tell a friend who you think might enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening.